Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. But if we'll turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 4, and we'll start with verse number 7 uh, tonight, uh, or this morning rather. Uh, let's see what the scripture would say. Paul says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation now we've heard this before haven't we for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men especially of those that believe. I'm going to ask today if Bishop would pray over the ministry of this work today. Amen. Bishop. We need you, Jesus. Yes, God, we need you today, Lord. Oh, Jesus, be it unto us, Lord, according to your word, according to your word. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Faithful sayings. If you'll indulge me here for a moment, some of these sayings that we have went through, again, they are trustworthy or steadfast, literally, doctrines. Number one. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. We understand that. We understand that very well uh, from the teaching. That is a faithful saying. Uh, As a matter of fact, you could probably almost darken the door of almost any church, any church. They will tell you that Jesus Christ came uh, to save sinners. Number two was that preaching produces working disciples. If you will remember, the apostle admonished uh, Timothy to tell the people that they must maintain good works they must be careful to maintain good works and he told timothy one of the ways to accomplish that there would be working disciples or disciples with good works was just go on and preach the word go on and preach the truth and in doing so the preaching of the word and truth in and of itself without any gimmicks uh, without any additives would produce working disciples number three was a good work would follow a God-given desire. We came to understand that the office of a bishop uh, was, is a good work to be desired, but we were looking at it at the, very, at the very skeleton basis that a work for the Lord, any type of work that you would desire the Lord is a good work. And that even in Old Testament times, whenever they were erecting the tabernacle that were in the wilderness and there were people that worked uh, concerning uh, the curtains or anything that was needed to be accomplished for the work of the tabernacle, uh, it was people that had talent, skills, and abilities in order to do those things. But those talents, skills, and abilities had come from God. 
The scripture particularly said that he placed those things in them for the ultimate purpose of the service of the sanctuary. Uh, They might have made their livelihood by being a, a carpenter, but the real purpose for the Lord putting that ability and talent inside of them was more than just for their livelihood. It was for how they could give that back to the service and the work of the sanctuary. And so we ask ourselves with the talents and the abilities that God gives us, Lord, where can I put this to use for the work of your sanctuary today? Uh, It might profit us as far as in our livelihood or being able to use it in our livelihood or for other various things, but ultimately he's placed that there with the purpose and with the intention to use it for his will and for his purpose of the sanctuary. Number four that we speak of here in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7 that I hope that we can relate today is this, is that disciplines position us for destiny. Disciplines position us for destiny. In 1 Timothy here, chapter 4, Paul is combating some things that uh, were going to present themselves as problems later to Timothy and the church at Ephesus, and for that matter, all of the church, whether it was at Ephesus or some other location. And the problem that was going to present itself was this. He said, Paul even told Timothy, he said, in latter times... He said, there's going to be some people that's going to depart from the faith. And uh, we could talk about that for a little bit uh, because he speaks along those same lines whenever he speaks to the seven churches of Asia in the book of Revelation. John did about those who left their first love. Because when we talk about the terms of leaving and departing, that's not losing. He didn't say that they they would lose their faith. Uh, that's like an accident like where did it go no they would depart that's a willing choice that's a conscious choice he said there would some that would depart from the faith and he said after they would depart from the faith or in the time frame that they are departing from the faith they're going to give ear to something they're going to start listening to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils or if i could just plainly say they're going to listen to some false doctrines they are going to depart from the true faith and give ear to false doctrines so paul comes against this idea amen of them listening to seducing spirits and listening to false doctrines he brings up one of his faithful faithful sayings one of his trustworthy doctrines again he's combating the false with the faithful combating the false with the true and so Paul's advice to Timothy was nothing more but a preparation for him that he would be prepared against such a time that people would depart from the faith and turn ear to that which was false and seducing now the people of this culture that Paul was speaking to of Timothy's day and in Ephesus in in this area these were people that knew a lot about preparation. And when I say that, because whenever we consider the idea of the Greeks, uh, we're on the verge of a Winter Olympics that's coming up here in February. The Olympics go all the way back to the Greeks during even the time of New Testament scriptures. And so these people knew all about preparation. Amen. Particularly concerning the Olympic Games. Uh, There are some that have prepared their entire lives 
for a moment in time that comes every four years uh, to serve in the capacity of the Olympics and represent their, their, their country. And here the Greeks, they knew what preparation was all about. They knew what it meant to exercise. Me and Brother Malone was having a little conversation yesterday morning, but uh, they knew what it meant, what it was all about to exercise uh, in order to develop their minds and their bodies and their endurance for the purpose of serving in one of those sporting events back then. That's uh, the reason why a lot of times we see Paul, he's speaking about this journey that we're in along the line of being a race because he wanted to hit a note that they could identify with. They were people that were involved in preparing for those type of things. So if you start talking about races, I can understand what you're talking about. I've spent my whole life preparing for the race of the Greek Olympics here in the New Testament Scripture. Other times he speaks about fighting and he's trying to, trying to find a cord with them. And so these people knew about developing their muscles and developing all of their physical bodies for the purpose of using that during the time of the Olympics. And so the Apostle Paul is telling them about another preparation he's getting on a level with them that they can understand and and as he's speaking to them about all this he talks to timothy about how this should be approached and he talks about exercise amen and as soon as you say the word exercise that prompts a couple different responses from humanity (laughs) like yeah exercise or shoo exercise you either have an appreciation for it or it's like this element that you just disdain look down your nose at as soon as the idea of exercise is brought up and uh, maybe I hit a sore spot this morning because someone's already you know uh been playing around with your New Year's resolution a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that maybe it was the wrong subject to talk about today. Maybe that's already started to plummet for you, and it's not just the best of topics to talk about this morning. But nonetheless, most people exercise for a reason. There is some purpose or reason behind why they exercise. Sometimes they want to exercise because they want to lose weight. Uh, the times you exercise just because maybe it's simply because you just want to be more healthy. Right. Amen. Now, here is the difficulty, though, when it comes to exercise. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced this. But if the motivation for exercising does not exceed the work and the pain yeah. that's involved in exercising, we will not continue yeah. to exercise. Oh, yes. The reason. The motivation has to be greater than the work, the pain, the sweat, the pushing back of the meals in order for us to continue. Now, I don't want to, please, man, I'm not here to discourage anybody here today. Please, I'm not here to discourage you. Just quit your exercising regimen. Uh, Please don't walk away out here and say the reason why I stopped my New Year's resolution because pastor... This morning, he was discouraging to me, no, that is not my, that is not my mode of oper, uh, operation here today. But Paul did not say, and here's something for encouragement for you on a natural level, Paul did not say that bodily exercise profited nothing. Okay? Hear those pennies dropping. Amen. Amen. He did not say it did not profit nothing, but he just said it profited little 
and for the most part, you've got to consider the context in which he's speaking of it. It profits little in comparison to what godliness profits the life of the believer. Amen. So it profits little in comparison to what godliness will profit in the life of the believer. Now, we've studied before godliness. We basically spoke to it just, just to boil it down in simple terms. Godliness, just being godlikeness. All right? And whenever the, the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy, we understand that he spoke about this idea of godliness or godlikeness. And he says godlikeness or godliness profits. It profits much. As a matter of fact, it profits and has a promise not just for this life, but for the life to come. He says, now, if we do the comparison, your natural bodily exercise is profiting for this life. But it has no eternal consequences for the life to come. He says, but godliness that you're trying to exercise for or toward has profit not only for this life, but for the life to come. It benefits us now, and it benefits us later. Amen. Now, here, here's Paul. Paul's a personal trainer. Did you know that? The apostle Paul is a personal trainer right here in the scripture and a good personal trainer because he doesn't just tell them, go exercise unto godliness without first telling them to avoid some things. He's a good personal trainer. So he didn't say, hey, boys, just go out there and exercise in the godliness and everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be good and you're going to be strong and strengthened in the Lord and everything's going to be well. You'll benefit in this life and the life to, to come if you just exercise unto godliness. See, there's a little conflict of interest. Just put the mental picture in there. It's a little conflict of interest. If you see someone walking on a treadmill with a half a gallon of cookies and cream blue bunny ice cream in their hands that they're eating with a ladle <laughs> or a spoon. Now there's just that picture within itself. I think any of us that would go down just now fitness that seen somebody in there walking a treadmill with some blue bunny ice cream in their hand and just scooping away while they're walking, we would say, you know, what in the world is with that? What is the purpose? What are they doing? Because there's a conflict of interest in all that. Well, in verse number 7 of 1 Timothy chapter number 4, he, he tells them, he says, look now, he says, refuse profane and old wives' fables. He's speaking about some of the things he's already spoke about. This, this false doctrine, these seducing spirits, all these other things that they could ingest in their spiritual man, he's telling them, refuse those things. Avoid those things. Amen. He says, because it's not going to profit you very much to try to exercise unto godliness and still ingest all this false doctrine. Amen into your life. It's like eating ice cream walking the treadmill. Amen. Amen. And so our exercise toward godliness will be stationary. Listen to me. You'll remain right where you are sometimes in your weight loss. I, I, this is not, I'm not trying to turn in, you know, to some Richard Simmons or anything else going on. All right. Come on. But you'll stay right where you are in your weight loss if you don't discipline yourself to refuse the stuff you shouldn't have. Amen. 
from my understanding of exercise, you got to burn more calories than you input into your body in order to lose weight. You got to burn more than you consume. Well, me on the treadmill doing my 1.5 mile an hour walk and my Boo Bunny ice cream. I'm putting the calories in. I guarantee I'm not burning near as much as I'm scooping in my mouth. So I'm probably even going to decrease in my effectiveness. But here's the problem spiritually, folks. If we, don't, if we are not exercising ourselves to godliness to a degree that exceeds ingesting the things that we shouldn't ingest, then we find ourselves in a very frustrated spot that I find people in sometimes, and that's stationary. Never going anywhere. Not moving forward. Maybe sometimes digressing back a little bit, but never going anywhere. I don't understand this. I'm trying to do everything I'm supposed to be doing. Yes, but are you still ingesting some of the things you should not be ingesting? Because in doing so, there comes a cancellation there. You can't go further until the personal trainer Paul said, refuse those things. Refuse that, that, and that. Then exercise yourself, amen, unto godless. Because if you're still holding on to that and trying to exercise to godliness you find yourself in the same old rut well I just really don't understand why I'm not losing any weight well you know that bucket of chicken and <laughs> now that's on a natural level but I'm saying we do this on a spiritual level I'm doing everything that preacher tells me to do doing everything that the Bible tells me to do are you doing the parts it tells you not to do And my blue bunny. Oh, yeah. Amen. It won't, there's no profit in that. There's no profit in that. And so we, we, got, we got to somehow exercise. We, we got to exercise. But first, prior to stepping into that endeavor, or at least it'd be helpful prior to that, start to refuse some things. Because you're, you're going to help your faith. Amen. By refusing some things and start exercising because you're going to see some results. And whenever you see results, that fuels the fire to keep on doing what you're doing. But if you hold on to things and just exercise and you still, man, I'm still at 210, you know, that, that's me. I'm still here at 210 and I'm just not going anywhere. You, you, you get frustrated and you just want to throw in the towel. Fully on this exercise stuff all, all to do with. But yet whenever you do that, all you got is the bad things you're in ingesting so it gets worse and worse and worse does anybody understand the analogy that's taking place here today so to a certain mode yeah the exercise is good when you still got some bad stuff going on in your life because it's holding you just right where you're at but the best the best best solution is refuse refuse the bad and see yourself starting to excel hey there went a pound there there went a pound man I'm starting to feel a little better I feel a little lighter somebody hear me in the realm of the spirit today if we refuse the bad and exercise the godliness hey I feel a little better I feel like a load's been lifted I feel like a burden's been off my shoulder I think I can do this I think I'm going to make it all the way amen so 
So here in our nutrition class this morning, you'll be stuck at a weight if you only burn off what you consume. Holy Ghost, help me. If our spiritual disciplines are only that we're repenting over what we've done wrong, then it's just tit for tat. I'm exercising my spiritual discipline of prayer. I spend the whole time in repentance over the things I shouldn't have done to begin with. And so I'm just holding my own. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and I'm, I'm, please, I'm not, I'm not here with clouds of doom and despair, but I'm just trying to follow my personal trainer, Paul, here. He's telling me to refuse some things and then exercise unto godliness. So sometimes, when if we come to that frustrated spot of just holding the own, the best solution is not even necessarily exercising more because we get caught in those. Sometimes it's just refusing the bad. Amen. Because I've seen people say, if I can just do more or pray just a little longer, fast a few more meals, and you know, a more intensified exercise program that takes up more days of your week usually is short-lived anyway. And so it's just like, you know, if we just press in a little bit harder, man, we really start seeing something, and you may. But the thing is, that type of mentality, you can't live in a 24-hour prayer meeting. I wish we all could, but you can't. And you can't fast every mail of every week. I'm sorry. That's only going to be short-lived. But the way that you can be effective, amen, and continue, is keep refusing. Uh Uh-huh. Keep refusing. Amen. Someone say amen. Amen. So so, so it's not necessarily that we need to exercise more. We we must have disciplines. We must have those disciplines of prayer and Bible reading and fasting. We must have those. But it's not necessarily that we exercise more in those, although that wouldn't hurt. But that's a lot of times short-lived. In my own life, there's times times in my life, Bishop, that I've went through those, those notions. Amen. I pray in the morning, at noon, and at night. You know what? That only lasts for so long. I've prayed sometimes in the morning and at night. Because I feel like certain things in my life necessitated at that time that I I put a little more exercise in. It had been the holidays, you know. You understand what I'm trying to convey here today? There's just been times in my life that I felt like I need to exercise into godliness a little bit more, but that's always short-lived. But a way to offset that, if I can't put forth that effort or have have the time and the schedule and life demands everything and I do good just being faithful in my disciplines of prayer, Bible reading, fasting, then just try refusing some things. Try avoiding some things. And, And I'm throwing around this word Discipline. Because the moment we employ the word exercise, we include a major component of exercise known as discipline. I know of people, nobody per se in this room, but if you are, keep your hand down. But I know of people 
who have purchased in their lifetime what would seem like every new piece of exercise equipment known to man. And if you were to take a walk through their basement today, it's like walking through the archives of an infomercial for sports equipment. Oh, there's things for your abs, there's things for your thighs, there's cardiovascular instrumentation, there's things for strength training, there is everything that you can believe of under the sun. They have all of this equipment. They have all the tools for cardio. They have all the tools for strength training. And they're all right there in their house, readily available. Yet somehow, now you would think, someone with all of this equipment should be fit, right? But not if you lack the discipline to use the tools. Amen. Have the equipment, but lack the discipline. There's people sitting today, they've got treadmills in their rooms. They're there for hanging up their clothes and stacking books and stuff on. <laughs> Praise God. You know, they got, they got free weights sitting around, and they're just that. They're weights. The Bible says lay aside the weights in the sin that so easily beset you. Amen. So the problem isn't I don't have the tools. The problem of some of it is I don't have access to the equipment. The problem lies in our discipline. So let's not start you know, going through this, 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 this blame and this excuse reason mode. Well, I'd be a godly, I'd be as Christ-like and as godly as so-and-so was if I had, you know, what they had going on in their life. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you might be the same person that thinks it's not smoke coming out of the chimney unless it's your chimney. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying this. We have all the tools. We have all the equipment. But it lies within our disciplines. Our discipline. Within the few verses that Paul was speaking to Timothy, he spoke to them very plainly about this word, again, exercise. And in these few short verses of Scripture that I read to you and you're hearing this morning, the word exercise is used both as a noun and as a verb. Amen. As a noun, it's a great idea. <laughs> exercise. As a noun, it's a wonderful concept. Yeah. <laughs> As a noun, it's the December 31st think about thing. <laughs> but discipline, disciplines, has to cause the idea to go to work. <laughs> the concept to become the exercise verb to do something. Amen. And so with this concept... Discipline and exercise as a verb, not a noun, comes the age-old argument. Well, Pastor McGee, you cannot earn godliness. You can't work for godliness. You can't earn or work for 
grace and God likeness. You, you can't earn that promise uh, of, of the promise of this life and the promise in the life to come. You can't earn. We, we, they play big time on that word. You can't earn uh, heaven. And they oftentimes use you know, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 for their, their springboard, have that we're saved by grace through faith. Amen. And not of works, lest any man should boast. But it is the gift of God. All right? You can't earn. Just walk with me here for a moment. Let's say I took my kids to the mall because I learned that during a certain time frame at the mall, there was going to be a guy that was going to be handing out free t-shirts and to make it more interesting for my kids let's say they were free minion t-shirts if you don't know what that is you're fine (laughs) and let's say as we went to the mall there was a receiving line for you to get into for going through and getting your free minion t-shirt but my kids were just kind of hanging back you know Oh, you know, there's a line. Just kind of hanging back, not getting in the line, not doing anything about it. And let's just say that me being their father's the reason we came out here to the mall to begin with. I really hate the mall when I was young. I loved it. Now that I'm old, I hate it. I despise it. I think it's, it's, one, of, it's one of the seven sins in the book of uh, uh, Proverbs. It's just, I just don't care for it. Used to, I used to love and go, sit down, watch people and laugh my head off. Now I realize I'm the one being laughed at. And so... <laughs> I just nothing personal please go to the mall get their bargains and deals and whatever that's fine I just really don't like it okay and, and that's just me and but anyway so here we are this is the reason why we came here to begin with so let's say I tell my kids you know we came here this is what we came here for get in the line and so they go over there and they get in the line and as a result of it they leave wouldn't you know it with a free minion t-shirt now I asked you the question Did they earn that t-shirt? Did they work for that t-shirt? Did they exercise for that t-shirt? Did you earn that? No, it's still free. He says, but you told them to get in line. Did they discipline themselves? Oh, yeah, they did. Did they work for it? Well, I guess if you consider them moving their feet to get in line, okay, I guess they did. Did they exercise for it? I guess if you consider that exercise, I guess they did. They walked over to the line. They got in the line. They were disciplined to stay in the line. Now, there's, a, there's the big one right there. <laughs> and you had no offspring yet. Just wait. There's the big one right there. They were disciplined. <laughs> i tell you what's even bigger than that. The parent disciplined to stay while they stay. <laughs> we got bigger fish to fry. I'm here to tell you right now. Um, they was disciplined to stay in the line, and boom, they got the free T-shirt. It's not so much, we got, again, these spiritual disciplines. I call them prayer and fasting and Bible reading and all these things. But uh, these things do not earn us godliness. These things do not earn us God likeness. Or as Paul was telling Timothy, a promise of life to come. 
I would I'd rather, let's, let's view the per- perspective correctly. <clears throat> These disciplines, or discipline in itself, is a practice that positions me to receive what God has for free. Mm-hmm. Me coming to an altar of prayer and praying is not me working to earn the Holy Ghost. Me coming to the altar praying is me positioning myself to receive the Holy Ghost. Uh The receiving line's over here, kids. Uh huh. Getting that line is not you trying to earn that T-shirt. It's still free to you. I know you had to walk there, but you just put yourself in a position to receive the gift of what was free. And so Paul's saying exercise unto godliness discipline yourself put yourself in a position to receive the benefit now how'd you oh darling you look so cute in that outfit what have you been doing I've been exercising so you're saying you earned that body by exercising just stay with me Maybe she put herself in a position to look like that by exercising. There's someone hearing what I'm saying? Because I've seen some people exercising, yeah, it just don't happen. But your likelihood is greater. Amen. If you put yourself in the position. Why are you all laughing about that? Because you can exercise all day long and still not be refusing. Is somebody hearing me? I know you drive by shoot my analogy down the pot here and you're laughing at me. Like, <laughs> Boy, that's right. Well, they might, have, they might not be on the refusing end, all right? Amen. So, so nevertheless, you, 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 you position yourself in a place to receive. Position yourself in a place for that godliness to come in line. So if my kids didn't get in the line, didn't get in it, they would not have received the free T-shirt. And in that, if that was the case, there'd been nothing wrong with the giver, nor had there been anything wrong with the gift. And nor would it have changed the fact whether or not the gift was free by them not getting in the line. What was is they, they would just have not have positioned themselves, themselves to receive the gift that was free that was being distributed by the giver I'm not in this business of pinning this stuff on God it's not God's fault that I'm where I am today meaning if it's in a deplorable state it's not God's fault it's not God's fault that I'm not advanced any further than what I've advanced that's not God's fault there's nothing wrong with the giver there's nothing wrong with his gift And the thing is, it's free. The equipment is readily there. But it takes discipline. Some good old godly discipline to employ and put ourselves in a position to receive the good gift from the marvelous giver that's ready for whomsoever will. So Paul says, and folks, I really meant to go further here than this today, but Paul says... 
because of all the things we profit by godliness. And he says, he says that godliness profit unto all things. So because of all the things that we profit by godliness, he says we labor, look now, at, at verse number 10. He says, for therefore, I know that's kind of wordy, for therefore, see, verse 8, godliness is profitable to all things about the promise of this life and the life to come. And so he talks about it being a faithful doctrine or a faithful, trustworthy saying. But 10, he says, for therefore. In other words, because of all this, because that godliness is profitable for all things, because godliness is profitable for this life and the life to come, he says, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust God. We, we, we go through this positioning ourselves, this exercising ourselves, because we trust God that he said this godliness that we would achieve by doing this would be profitable all things, this life and the life to come. Since we trust him, we trust his word, trust what he said, we're going to put forth our effort we're going to put forth our show. See, this idea, we don't earn things. God has nothing, though, against our effort, right? God has nothing wrong against our effort. And so we're going to put forth this shoulder because we trust him and we're going to labor. And if he need be, we'll suffer the reproach for all this. And look, and, and, you know, we're staying with all these analogies here today, our little exercise analogy. The Bible also speaks in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 5. So he says, because I trust God, I'm going to labor. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to be disciplined I, because I expect I'm going to get the result he said I could have if I refuse and if I exercise. All right, I'm going to get the result saying, yeah. Well, you know, there's another scripture here that says that you can have a form of godliness. <laughs> oh, you'll like this one. Now, the form of godliness, the form of godliness is that you nip it, you tuck it, you push it up, you squeeze it in, you slim it down, you corset it, you girdle it. <laughs> they have things out there called slimmers. Sonny, it can wrap your body in every place it's loose. And it's underneath your clothes and what might seem, wow, they're looking pretty good. And they must have really been doing something. <laughs> form of godliness because you undo that velcro and it's like popping a wire on a bale of hay I know what I'm talking about folks I could go around all day and tell you man that's a nice pair of 32 whenever I got married I wore 29 in the waist I wear this. Man, that's a, that's a, look at, I'm wearing size 32. I'm not, by the way. <laughs> I could say that all day, Brother Fred, and have a form. And baby, man, I got a 32 on. But I go home, and it looked like I have a racetrack around my waist. <laughs> Where everything I had on made an impression on my life. <laughs> what is it? That's just a form. People do that in the realm of the spirit, though. They dress it up. They polish it up just right. And they deceive each other that everything's okay. But in the quietness and the privacy of their own home, when they take all that out, everything that's improper, everything that's not right, 
is hanging around everywhere and it's still got to be dealt with. We got, we got some spiritual racetracks around our waist. <laughs> well, glory. We're just about ready to have fun. My God, help us. And this is 30 none of your business around my waist right now. <laughs> the Bible says and I'm, I'm trying to get really I, I'm trying to get to a close I really I wanted to get done with this day folks you all it's your fault Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1 Bible says <clears throat> wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run. Here's that terminology again Paul's using. You know, when I identify with these, these athletes and people that were uh, training and preparing for the Olympic Games, particularly the Greeks. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He says, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, there have been times over the years of my life I've read this particular verse of Scripture and in my own understanding thought, we have this great, there's people watching us run this race. And so I need to run this race with diligence because I could be influencing the lives of somebody else because they're witnessing my run. But then I considered this scripture as though there wasn't all these chapter verses thing in the Bible like it may have came from the manuscript and as I begin to read this verse follows up this great list of just hall of faith people that has just happened that's already ran the race people that had scourgings and mockings and sawn asunder and all these great things that we read about concerning faith in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11 and the things that they went through and then I realized with all of that as my background wherefore seeing we are compassionate about with so great a cloud of witnesses that the ones that are in the stands watching me run are the ones that have already ran and what I get from that is this. You know, there's people today that will go to a sporting event and they just have a propensity, let's just say, toward football. They never played football in their life. They just like the sport. They never played it. What do they call it? Uh, armchair quarterbacking or something along that line? Whenever you, what is it? What is it? Is it the correct term? What it is is whenever you're saying this is what they should do on the field and you've never been there yourself. You never played, you just have a propensity toward the sport and you just kind of like it. This is not what's happening with the cloud of witnesses that we're running the race in front of. All right? Well, they're there, and if you hear any hollering from the arena, it's because they're saying, so-and-so, I've been right where you've been at. If we could hear the voice of Abraham, 
If we could hear the voice of Isaac and Jacob, if we could hear the voice of some of the great patriarchs of old and matriarchs for that matter, if we could hear the voice of Rebecca, she's standing from the stand. There's a great, great cloud of witness that's about us as we're running this race. But those are people that don't have a theory about how it ought to be done. They've been where your feet are. They're traveling some of the same paths that they traveled. And from the stands, they're crying out, hey, don't give up now. Don't give up now. Keep on running. Keep on preparing. Keep on exercising yourself. Amen. Cast off some things. Refuse some things. You're going to make it. You're going to meet your goal. You're going to meet your destiny. It's not that I'm necessarily running that I understand to a certain degree we are. But it's not just that I'm running for people that's never ran the race. But I'm running in front of some people that's already run the race. They already got the medallion in their hand. They already got the ribbon on their shoulder. And they're trying to let you and me know, hey, this isn't in vain. This is not without profit. There's profit in this. Keep on exercising unto godliness. Keep on exercising unto holiness. Keep on exercising unto righteousness. You can finish this thing. We're up here because we're finishers. Amen. They're rooting you on. They're not there like, you know, like they've never been there. They're not, not telling you something about they don't know about. They're rooting us, they're rooting us on. Lay, lay all the weights aside. Avoid and refuse some of these other things, but keep on running. They're telling you the same thing I've tried to tell you in the former part of this thing. You want to somehow better your running speed, let go of some other things. So you can get faster simply by getting lighter. Amen. If you'll stand with me today, I'll come to a close. So, so number four of the faithful sayings is disciplines position us for destiny. Disciplines. And I, I, I'm convinced and persuaded today we got the tools here. We got the equipment here we need is a good old-fashioned regeneration of discipline amen we do that and we refuse and we avoid and we exercise toward you're going to see some progress now my, you know <laughs> watch the other faiths watch the other false doctrines Paul was talking about because they are the lose weight quick program Take this pill. Eat whatever you want. Lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Now if you stay with the plan, and it's probably a, a good rule of thumb, if you stay with the plan and you are exercising, you are, you are uh, 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 burning more than you take in, it's pretty good to get about a, a pound off a week. Not too bad. But the, 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 the get, wait, gone, quick programs. Yeah. You can take this thing, you bend it together, do, five rep, do three reps and do it five times, three times a week. When you get done, you make sure you have a bowl of ice cream. This is no fat ice cream. 
There's some out there today, though, with similar false doctrines. They're telling you you can attain the same thing that everyone else attains the exercise for. They're telling you you can have heaven. Hear me. They're telling you you can have heaven simply by a confession. Mm-hmm. Easy. And you know what? We are so duped and so stupid sometimes. How many times have people fell for those things and thought, you know what? That's for. I think I'll, I'm just going to try it. I know people have. I got people I'm related to. I'm serious. I think I'll just try it. You know, because the story, they, if you say it long enough and frequent enough, people start to believe it. Uh-huh. Let me tell you. All, even all the get rich stuff too, if you're part of that. This just you just need to come down to it. It's gonna take some exercise. It's gonna take some avoiding and some refusing and some exercise. But whenever you get to where you get, it's gonna be profitable for all in this life and the life to come. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Mason, if you'll come today. Jesus, I love you. Oh, it's faithful, Lord. It's steadfast. It's trustworthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If we can just bow our heads in this place. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.